Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends and very distinguished listeners to Navigate with I.D. It's such an honor and indeed a privilege once again to share with you. Friends, we've been looking at a very interesting topic. We've morphed ourselves from the place of character. In the last episode, we did touch on honorable character and we talked about honor. And I did say to us that where we are as a people and as a nation, we need to have a display of absolute honor which comes from going the extra mile. And we talked about the extra mile. That extra mile is just about doing that little extra in our duties, in our assignments, and ensuring that the honor we expect will always go above and beyond its duty because it's about under-promising and over-delivering. Those are words that we've used over time and these are things that we all know must come our way. Friends, it's one thing to look at an imbalance in the society. It's another thing to ask questions. What, kinds, what are the kinds of issues that bring about imbalance? It starts from you and I sitting down to look at ourselves as problem solvers. I did say that we need to ask very pertinent questions, such as, what kind of problems can I, as an individual, solve? What kind of assets do I bring to the table? And frankly, am I someone who will bring a space of peace or I'll create a lot more hassles for people? Whatever it is, friends, we must understand that character is not something that you take for granted. Character is something that you need to live by, and it's a code of strict personal ethics. And so we are taking on that same trajectory and to ask ourselves, how do we discover the character traits we are to develop in our lives? And I did say in the last episode, we need to zero in on two major questions. And they are as follows. One, what are my absolutes? Number two, what do I consider to be the non-negotiables in my life? These are the two questions that are critical for you to ask. I need to ask the same questions too. And it is only when we identify and begin to honor the absolutes in our lives, then will our future be productive. It's not by accident. It's something that we have to do. It's about making the commitment to live our lives in a manner that is well-pleasing. And we will likely come to realize that a lot of people around us will see us as individuals, as honorable men and honorable women with character more than they themselves can even vouch for. People will begin to see and know that they can trust your word because you are a person with strong character. They will also know that you live by principles, and those principles are the guiding lights that keep you going. I don't know what you feel or what you think, but today we are going to look at principled living, but in principled living, there's something that sits there right at the middle. Smack on. Character does what is right, even in the face of possible rejection. And I want you to understand that people who refuse to recognize their weak points seldom take responsibility for their mistakes and failures. Rather, they look to blame others for the pain they have created for themselves. If you need help in getting over a weakness, if I need help in getting over a weakness, we should not be afraid to go to someone we can trust. That's the only time when we admit our need for help. And that's truly when the help will arrive. So it's about you and I answering to our own conscience. 
We must be faithful to principles without fail. Even if a person acts unfaithfully towards us, we should still be the beneficiary of a commitment to integrity. And this is where I come once again to say that if we live by principle, we must never allow ourselves to be affected by the moods and emotions of others. It's a tough call, I know. But then I'm making each and every one of us, every one of us understand that regardless of what the environment begins to reek out, you must be conscious of one thing, that the environment is a product of all the signatures that are happening around it. A person who has neglected to establish clear non-negotiables or to elevate his own personal integrity quotient cannot, I repeat, cannot predict how he will act in any given situation. So what does he do? He basically waits until he's in the middle of a challenge to decide how he feels like responding. Is like a ship that is adrift with no headings and void of destination. Many times what I choose to use or say is like a ship without a rudder. But I would rather that you look at yourself and speak from an inner motivation that would drive your personal growth and then translate that into you having a motivation to act. This is the real McCoy, friends. Passionate pursuit guarantees that will be found worthy of promotion and greater responsibility. That is where the word honor comes in again. I would like to read some quotes that surround this word called honor. Walter Lippmann says, a person has honor if he holds himself to an ideal of conduct, though it is inconvenient, unprofitable, or dangerous to do so. Another quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, the louder he talked of his honor, the faster we counted our spoons. And finally, let me read it, a quote from Mark Twain. says, it is better to deserve honors and not have them, than to have them and not deserve them. So when you look at yourself and ask yourself a question, what are those things you consider to be absolutes? What do you consider to be non-negotiables? These are the things you look at. And it's important when you choose a character-driven life that you possess the ability to display certain qualities within the band ambits of any relationship number one is love you know this is a topic we should address one of these days in its fullest fullest dimension because many of us have the foggiest idea of what love is some of us see it in different lights but i'll tell you the day we begin to love each other much more than we profess hate in our society, in our country, that is the day that we'll see the birth of a true honor renaissance of a real cogent Nigeria. And that new Nigeria is here because whoever pursues godliness and unfailing love will find life, godliness and honor. Hatred stirs up quarrels but love covers all offenses, friends. Disregarding another person's faults preserves love. Telling about them separates close friends. So love is something that we need back in our environment because the way we love others will reflect our commitment to compassion and to truth. And this is one good place I'd like to really emphasize certain things. One is the fact that when love and skill work together, you would expect a masterpiece. That's what Charles Reed said. Just imagine if all of us were to decide to drop this tribal, ethnic, religious garb that we wear put around us 
honestly, no nation will match us on the continent and beyond this continent. Even as we are friends, love is friendship set to music. Love is a basic need of human nature. For without it, life is disrupted emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically. That's what Kyle Meninger said. And so when you choose a character-driven life, the first place to sit in is a place where love knows no bound. Love without return is like a question without an answer. That's what we need in our society. That's what we need in our communities. And like we always say, and will continue to say, that without love, there can't be any reflection of true commitment to truth. Because truth, whenever the arrow of truth shoots, you will never find a trace of falsehood. What do I mean? Love is a fabric that never fades, no matter how often it is washed in the waters of adversity and grief. One thing I must tell you, friends, is that our country requires love. As a people, we need a lot more love than we've ever given. Love to our neighbors, that is one thing that we must always look at. Who is your neighbor? Your neighbor, if you exude the same love that you love yourself and love your neighbor just as you love yourself, friends, there will be no problem with us having all the cases that you're finding every day as you open the Metro file newspapers and they're talking about Metro news, you begin to hear stories and you ask yourself, how did we get to this point where people are not really seeing that humanity is so necessary and they are casting out fellow human beings in different lights? It is because love is missing. And why is it missing? Because we are set in our ways and we've not chosen a character-driven life. That is the point in which when you choose a character-driven life, the first point of call is love. David Wilkerson says that love is not only something you feel, it is something that you do. Well, if you know what is true to you, love is about you seeking to make another person happy. So step out today. Just make some other person smile. Make some other person happy. It's the beginning. And as you thrive in it, it becomes a habit. The minute you put that as a form and a shape of how you roll, you'll be amazed that it becomes a way of life. We need to start a new place. We need to start a, a different way of looking at ourselves. And we need to say to ourselves that it is possible for us to build an egalitarian society that is embedded in love. The second uh, quality that one will require in this character-driven life that we've talked about before is integrity. I know this is a word that you've heard so many times over. Within our environment, we look at it as some currency that we must always use. But let me say to you, friends, the way we treat others reveals the strength or weakness of our own character. That's where I'm coming from with integrity. And truly, if I'm going to read a particular quote that, uh, that I found with um, Junius, it says that the integrity of men is to be measured by their conduct, not by their professions. So even if you think you are the best lawyer, you're the best doctor, you're the best professional that could be, the only way that your integrity can be measured is by your conduct. Why? Because fire will test the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. And you must understand that we, as a people, will only go through all of this because character is made by many acts. It may be lost by a single act. Just a single act of not providing that particular strength to a fellow man or woman, you could just find the entire precipice crumbling. Friends, take care of your character 
and your reputation will take care of itself. Everything you can talk about, about beauty, about youthfulness, youthfulness and beauty can fade, but integrity is something that endures forever. Reputation is what you need to get a job. Character is what you need to keep it. And that's one thing that we must all emphasize. I look at people, the workplaces, every second, somebody's looking for a way to shaft the other. Why do we do that? Just the other day, I was saying on this program that you imagine the number of litigations that are going through simply because of an electoral process we just came through. Look at the number of litigations in court. What does it tell you? It tells you that something is missing in our society, friends. Just a simple election. Men and women are turning their backsides and doing all manner of stuff that we do not trust. The day we get to the point where we seldom can count up to five litigations as a result of an electioneering process, that day we know that this country of ours has come of age. Why? Because good character, like good soup, is made at home. If Nigerians want to really taste the new Nigeria, the day we experience after elections and litigations are almost nil, that day we will know that the character index has shot up like a phoenix. Because good character, like good soup, is made at home. How do I know? Because you cannot drive straight on a twisted lane. It's a Russian proverb. How would you ever drive straight on a twisted lane? It's not possible because if you drive straight on a twisted lane, what will happen? You'll find yourself in the gallows. And that's exactly where we have found ourselves as a people that we do not even understand that integrity is very critical for us to live a principled life as Nigerians. Principled living requires love, requires integrity. But I will tell you something, friends. Few things are more dangerous to a person's integrity than having nothing to do and plenty of time in which to do it. So you must guard your heart with all diligence because out of it come the issues of life. How do I know? Because you and I have children. Even children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure and right. So as adults, if we can look at children and just be able, just by their conduct, we'll say that child is a good child. Or we say that child is a good child. Or that child is from a good home. How do you know a child that is from a good home? Because of their conduct. When the conduct is pure, and the conduct is right, you would easily say that this child is coming or must come from a very respectable family. In like manner, I'd like to step into the third quality because we are talking about principled living. The third quality which we need so much, friends, is about respect. Respect. We must respect the way others feel. The way we respect others is the way we respect ourselves. Disrespect for others will reveal that we have not yet learned to respect ourselves. I look around us many times and I see how people are not ready to respect others. Why? Because they either have a complex that they feel they are far more better than this person. The day you feel that you are better or well-placed or far out of the reach of another, that's the day you've started to slide. You're sliding away from reality. You are becoming someone that will think monstrous thoughts because you think you have arrived. And the spirit of forgiveness will begin to elude you because you will assume that you are far better than every other person. And then what creeps in? Arrogance, what creeps in, that ability that you don't care 
It's called laissez-faire attitude. You become lackadaisic. You begin to listen a lot more to flattery. And the more you listen to flattery, the more you begin to make the friends that you should not make. And those friends are the ones that are tapping from a certain space because they will make you become very generous. But you do not understand that it's not about your generosity. They just want to milk you dry. You live well when people are telling you the things you want to hear and your shoulders will be puffed up. That's not respect. That's not the product of respect. But when your shoulders are down and you sit in a space of humility, not a place of haughtiness, then you understand that people truly believe in you and they know what you are bringing to the table. Friends, it's a good place for us to talk about this because one place and one word that makes a lot of difference in principle living is humility. Humility. Too many people are haughty. And when you have a haughty spirit, then you, then you don't understand what it is because haughtiness goes before destruction. But humility precedes honor. I've spoken to you and us about honor over and over in the last episode. But I want you to understand that true humility and the fear of the Lord would lead to riches, honor, and long life. How do you know a man is a man? How do you know a man is full of humility? Check his respect quotient. The way he will respect others is exactly the way he would respect himself. Because anybody you find that disrespects others will clearly reveal to you that he has not yet learned how to respect himself. And when he doesn't, what happens? He goes into a space of haughtiness. And haughtiness is not what you and I require. What we require is humility. Why? Because pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. Have you seen a lot of uh, men in society who are very haughty and at some point they feel they own the world and in no time, what happens to them? They get into some little mishap and then all of a sudden they go quiet. But I want to tell you, friends, that taking a principled life and living a life of principles will require a strong dose of humility. And these are some of the words that really hit me when I look at uh, some quotes. Let me read this quote by Helen Keller. It reads, and I quote, I long to accomplish a great and noble task, but it is my chief duty to accomplish humble tasks as though they were great and noble. The world is moved along, not only by the mighty shows of its heroes, but also by the aggregate of the tiny pushes of each honest worker. We're talking about humility. And Alfred Amon said, there is a big difference between humility and stupidity. If you want to find out, when you sit in an open gathering, you can tell those that are humble and those that are not. Because the most thankful people are the humblest. And that's what you'll always find. And the place where you find true humility is with that person who never has to be shown his place. He's always in it. Because he understands what it takes to be humble. When you get into a gathering, you will know and you will see because humility is nothing that is hidden. Humility is so obvious. Humility is about teachability. You can also see that humility is a strange thing. The moment you think you have it, you have lost it because many times people just abrogate humility to themselves. But what they showcase is haughtiness. And that's why Martin Luther said, God created the world out of nothing. And as long as we are nothing, he can make something out of us. 
So why don't you just stay humble? Why don't you stay humble? I like the way Helen Nelson puts it. Says, humility is like underwear, essential, but indecent if it shows. Stop being haughty. Don't get yourself into a space where everybody has to feel you or feel your presence. Humility can make a lot of difference, friends. Stay humble or you stumble. We'll be back shortly. We'll just take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue looking at principled living. Don't go away. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends. And it's such an honor and privilege as we go through this beautiful time talking about principled living. If you're just joining us, we bid you welcome. We've just been looking at this series where we need to set new pathways for ourselves in order that our lives can begin to face some change and we can have an egalitarian society, not one where we are abusing each other, where we are at each other's necks, where we are at each other's throats, where we are doing stuff that shouldn't be. It's where we decide that we want to live a life filled with character, and character does what is right, even in the face of possible rejection. And that means that if we live by principle, we must never allow ourselves to be affected by the moods and the emotions of others. That is simply said, brings us to that space where we had looked at the need for principled living that will be anchored on love, integrity, respect, and now the next quality that I'd like to put through in a character-driven life, which you can also put as principled living, is honesty and virtue. So how can I bring about honesty and virtue? The way we keep our word to others is the way we keep our word to our own conscience and code of honor. If one doesn't keep his word to others, he has not yet kept his word to himself. It is so critical. Keeping your word is critical. It is the best place to really live a principled life. Why? Because a person who doesn't give a promised gift is like clouds and wind that don't bring rain. A lot of people don't understand that keeping the word or keeping their word is as strong as keeping themselves. There's a Dutch proverb that says, in the land of promise, a man may die of hunger. Why? Because if you sit there and then there are promises, promises, and nobody fulfills it, the person will die of hunger. Many promises impair confidence. But if you know what it is, you will understand, like William Shakespeare said many years ago, I read this, he says, a promise made is an, a debt unpaid. Do you see your making a promise as good as a debt that you are not paid? Really, keeping your word is a form of living a principled life. Promises are like money, easier made than kept. It's very easy for people to make promises. Oh, I will see you tomorrow by 7 a.m. By 7, you are calling the person and the person is telling you, oh, sorry, I'm on my way. That person is still in his house. Or I will come to your party. I will make sure I support your graduation. I will support you in school. There are loads of promises that we make to people every day because promises are like money. They are easier made than kept. If you promise less and do more, your boss will eventually put your name on the door. Do you know that that is wisdom? Why do you want to impress your boss by continually promising heaven and earth? But if you promise less and do more, that boss of yours, that spouse of yours, that partner of yours, will eventually put your name on the door. You know what it is to put your name on the door in an official setting? That means you've been promoted. That means you are in very high esteem. And so, 
When you break your word, you break something that cannot be mended. This is one place that, as Nigerians, if only we can choose to keep our words, oh my, what change this can make to our society. Keeping our words. That someone wakes up and says to you, I promise you I will do X. And he does this. He lives in that word. Many of us do not think for a second. We just drop the words. And guess what? Promises are so easy. They are easy for us to make. Promises are like crying babies in church. They should be carried out immediately. If you truly want honesty to be your watchword, then keep your word. Even to your children, keep your word. Don't try to be smart by half. Why do we try to do things that we know will turn around and bite us in the behind? Even to God Almighty, many of us go make vows. We make promises. Oh God, I'm making this vow. And the next thing you do, you desecrate the same word that you have vowed that you have just made. But we don't understand that God hates those who don't keep their word, but he delights in those who do. So when you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through, for God takes no pleasure in fools. If you don't know that, hear it loud and clear. So the same way you make promises to God, without thinking for a second and fulfilling it, you just think that you can do same with man. And with man, you get away with it. But with God, you don't get away with it. And that's why I said that promises are like crying babies in church. They should be carried out immediately. When the baby is crying inside the church, what does the mother do? She either hands the baby over to the nanny or pets the child and takes the child out. That's exactly how the feeling, and that is the motivation that the grace you should have when you are making promises. Carry them out immediately. Don't wait. Don't let it linger. Because in the land of promise, a man may die of hunger. You can promise somebody something, and that man or woman may not see tomorrow because they waited in vain and they died because of your promise. It's not good. One thing you can give and still keep is your word. Guess what it will do? It will lift you into a space of honesty and virtue. This is what principled living is all about. How I wish we can inculcate this same virtue into our children so much so that they will understand the importance of honesty. But alas, parents do not even keep their words to the children. How much more would the children learn from them? What they learn will be the uncanny ways of what they think is called smartness. Another very interesting quality that comes with principle living is generosity. Do you know we have stopped being generous to ourselves? I see a few people that are so generous in spirit. And how do you know that generosity of a man or a woman is at the peak. When you see a man or woman invest in others, it will reveal what they believe about their own future. So if we believe our lives are purpose, we will purposefully give. You give your time, you give your talent, you give your treasure. Help your fellow man or help your fellow human being. It doesn't have to come from your neck of the woods. It doesn't have to come from your part of the country. That's generosity. Generosity is huge. It is possible to give freely and become more wealthy. But those who are stingy will lose everything. The generous prosper and they are satisfied. And this is something you've seen, heard. That blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. But then, if you look at it from a different lens, you'll find out that the good book says that the desires of lazy people will be their ruin. Why? For their hands refuse to work. They are always greedy for more, while the godly love to give. 
when you find lazy people around, you will see that they will refuse to work and they are the ones that are greedy for more. But if you sit in a space of generosity, you will have the ability to give a lot more. And what do I mean? It is not when you buy something so big, huge, that you say, oh, that man is generous. No. A small gift is better than a great promise. But you know how to fulfill this? The first thing you have to do is give yourself to God. He can do more with you than you can. Because if your heart is not generous, if you don't have a generous heart, there's nothing that your generosity can produce because it comes from the heart. How do you know that you're generous? It is because the essence of generosity is self-sacrifice. So if you're going the extra mile for that man, for that woman, for that boy, for that girl, to help him or her out of whatever state they find themselves, the essence of generosity is self-sacrifice. But you know something? Philanthropy, just like charity, must begin at home. Begin to practice generosity from the home. Many people are not generous to their spouses. They are not generous to their, to their siblings. Many of us do not even want to identify with our people from whom because we are afraid that they are going to harm us. How can you be running away from your own people, from your own kid and kin? I know there are wicked people around. There are some people that are wicked. But trust me, if you have not been able to see that God will protect you as a result of you giving yourself to him, if you are generous by giving yourself to God, God will do more with you than you can. You won't be afraid of your neighbors. You won't be afraid of that brother or cousin or native or relative of yours who's coming, who needs some help, and just says, brother, please help me. And you say, no, I will not. Philanthropy, just like charity, must begin at home. Wilfred Peterson says that the finest gift a man can give to his age and time is the gift of a constructive and creative life. You can create another life by your generosity. You can be so good to someone that he will look at you and say, my life has had a meaning. Some people give their might. Some give with all their might. And some don't give who might. If you don't give to the world the best you have, and the best will always come back to you. You must give to the world the best you have. And the best will come back to you. That is what wealth is. Have you found a way where you look at your, your uh, closet? There are clothes possibly that you've not even worn for the past one year. Just go to your closet. Take them out. Give them out to people. You'll be shocked how much more. When they see you the next time, some of them will come glowingly to you to say, Sir, Ma, can you see me? Thank you so much. And they will look at them, you look at them, and you're wondering, what is it trying to tell you? Some will try to tell you, can't you see what is on me? Can't you see everybody has been telling me that I'm looking nice? That's what wealth is, friends. When you give to the world the best you have, the best will come back to you. There is no person that has ever been honored for what he has received, it is always for what he has given. You know what? I want to tell you that for us to change the way we approach a lot of things in our society, we just need to be very generous. We need to open our hearts of generosity because a rejected opportunity to give is a lost opportunity to receive. You can give without loving but you cannot love without giving. Little is much when God is in it. When you are giving to someone with all of your heart and mind, you will know. I say to people many times over, it is better to give an inexpensive gift with a smile than an expensive one with a frown. That's something that Amy Michael and Amy had talked about. 
and that quote ever stayed with me. It is better to give an inexpensive gift with a smile than an expensive one with a frown. Why are you frowning? Why would you always frown? A principled life, a principled place of living requires generosity. What else can we do within the ambits of principled living? There's a word that comes to my heart right now because many of us take it for granted. The word is loyalty. I like the way one of our former governors said a simple prayer. May your loyalty never be tested. I'm sure you know who we're talking about. It was BRF some years ago. And that always stayed with me. He said, you know, may your loyalty never be tested. Loyalty is part of living a principled life. If we are disloyal to others, we are unfaithful to the potential and promise within ourselves. But we don't realize it. We think it's about the other person, but it is actually to yourself. If you are disloyal to others, you are unfaithful to the potential and promise within yourself. So what does loyalty bring to the table? It brings what you and I require. It brings a space where when you look at it, wherever you are, you'll be riddled in a space where folks will look at you and they will wonder, is that man committed or loyal? Napoleon Hill says that lack of loyalty is one of the major causes of failure in every walk of life. That's absolutely true. Because my friend, Almond, will always tell you that loyalty is rare. It can only be proven under test. That speaks to what Biarov said, that may your loyalty never be tested. It has to be tested. Why? Because often loyalty consists of keeping your mouth shut. If you are very loud and loud all the time, then you will tend to say things that you shouldn't say. It is better to be faithful than famous. The American president, Theodore Roosevelt, said so. But I'll let you know one thing from the good book. He says, loyalty makes a person attractive and it is better to be poor than dishonest. Do you see a lot of dishonest men walking around? It's simply because they want to elevate themselves into a space they are not. But loyalty will make you attractive. Just think about it today. Be loyal to a cause. Be loyal to your company. Be loyal to your spouse. Be loyal to your family. Be loyal to your community. Most of all, be loyal to your country. We have one of the most beautiful loyalty prayers and commitment. Where do you think that is? It's in the pledge. Just listen to the pledge that we have. That pledge, if Nigerians just live by our pledge alone, wow, what is society we would have? Listen to the words. If you are going to recite the pledge again, it is one that captures the very essence of loyalty. Starts by saying, I pledge to Nigeria, my country, to be faithful, loyal, and honest, to serve Nigeria with all my strength, to defend her unity and uphold her honor and glory. So help me, God. What else do you need? Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is really faithful? When you look around you, jobs are not scarce, friends. What is scarce are faithful men and faithful women. We don't know that every day that we inch closer to what we cannot touch is simply because our loyalties are not what they should be. Loyalty is not tested. If you are disloyal to others, you are unfaithful to the potential and promise within yourself. There's one thing that you need and just one thing alone is to open your heart and let the very flow of love come through. Because when a man sits in a place 
where love will cover all. It will cover the multitudes of transgression. Regardless of what you say and do, there's a place for compliance. And that's why compliance and submission is a good space for you to follow through in your loyalty creed. If we don't submit ourselves to the appointed authorities in our lives, we have not submitted ourselves to the protection of wisdom and instruction. That is another place in a principled living. Submission. Many people do not want to submit themselves to the appointed authorities in their lives. Who are the appointed authorities in our lives? Our parents. There are so many young people today that believe that their parents are old school. Their parents don't get it. You cannot dismiss the instruction of your father or the good words of your mother. No, or your guardian. Compliance and submission will help you, young man. Compliance and submission will help you, young woman. By the time you grow and become of age, you will realize that the things they said to you as you were growing that you disregarded, you just took away your future. Many tend to give away their future in the present because they don't submit themselves. From this day, I want you to understand that principled living will embrace compliance and submission. Are you at your workplace and you have your boss, even if he's not the best boss that you've ever had, your place is to submit to him or her. I'm not saying submit when to tyranny. Submit to a place you have been abused. When I mean abuse, I'm talking abuse of the extreme. I'm not talking about the one that just looks at you and says, you know, some words, no. But I'm talking about deep-seated emotional abuse or physical abuse, even in a marriage, even in a relationship. That's the place you need to guard your heart and to guard your life. When it gets to the point where it's a life, a matter of life and death, then you have to be sensible and apply wisdom. But I'm talking about submission that is laced in, in the space that everybody understands that there's a code. There's a code of conduct. And there are certain rules of engagement. When you get into that space, your loyalty must be top rate. Your compliance and submission must be top rate. They must not be less than each other. For the sake and benefit of others, we must, as a matter of principle, first and foremost, desire to walk in love. That is where I started from. When I talked about principled living, it starts with love. We must always remember that love is undeniably linked to our actions, not just our emotions. Fellow Nigerians, please, I beg of you, let us just show compassion, empathy, love to our fellow humans, to our fellow Nigerians, to human beings generally. That is what is going to help us heal as a nation. A lot of people right now are not in good spaces. The pressures and the vicissitudes of life are visiting everybody and anybody. People are coming out of you know, so much pain, struggle, daily, rather than being loaded with benefits like God will expect them. Many are just loaded with all manner of things and people are frustrated. This is not the time for you to rub in that guilt, to rub in. It's a time for you to be generous. Be generous in spirit and in truth. Be able to stand in a place where you show them respect. Be honest and show forth virtues that sit in the place of love. Why? Because the way we love others will reflect our commitment to compassion and truth. This is how we are going to fix our nation, friends. It is the big elephant in the room. This elephant in the room series that I started in order to be able to bring us to a place where we have to reset our minds, reset our emotions, and reset the way we behave to one another. Elections have come and gone. Now we have to face the world in front of us. The reality of our time is just before us. It doesn't look like the days ahead will be so rosy, but they can become rosier. If we, you and I, just begin to exude some measure of love, 
Love isn't just a collection of words or feelings. It has to do with our attitudes. It has to do with our posture. It has to do with our approach towards other people, not looking at them from the lens of their tribe, their ethnicity, their religion. No. It has to do with demonstrating a true servant's heart and valuing others as we desire to be valued. Friends, it's called the block of character. We may have regrets concerning our lack of character in the past. As we sit now, a lot of things are happening in our domain. Everybody keeps asking, how did we get here? We all regret where we have been. It's the past. We can rewrite the wrongs and start well. But what good is it to keep on worrying about the past when we cannot change it? But what we have that we can change is the future, and that future starts now. As you've listened to me in the course of this series, I want you to understand that we've just come to just about the 90th day in this month, and it's a sitting place that the month is coming to an end, that you can't afford to continue the way you've been because yesterday ended last night. There's nothing we can do about yesterday. However, if we change or we agree, if you and I will change today, Tomorrow will be different. Those of character always choose to live life by the highest standards. Thank you so much, friends, for listening. It's time that we get back to our foundations and begin to once more embrace some non-negotiable standards of moral fortitude. God help us as we begin this new drive. And I can't stop loving you, friends. We'll be back same time, same station, by the grace of God. Stay blessed. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.